Welcome to the I Matter Podcast, future-proof your business, career, teams, and organization. Here's your host, Gahan Pereira. Welcome to the I Matter Podcast. I've been working recently with a range of different kinds of organizations. For example, last month, I was speaking to an audience of leaders in universities. Uh, this week, I'm delivering the opening keynote presentation for a financial planning group. And I've just been booked for a conference in March next year for a large local government in regional Australia. So all of these organizations are different, but they engage me because they want to know about the future. And that makes sense because I'm a futurist. But it's not only about the future for their industry, like what happening in financial services or higher education, they also want to know about the future of work and how workplaces are changing. And that also makes sense because whatever's happening in the future will need to be managed and led by the people you already have in your workplace right now. So it's not really surprising that smart organizations are thinking about the future of work and the future of workplaces. And that's what we'll tackle in this episode. So again, I'll be sharing a conversation that I had recently with my friend Chris Pudney about the changing workplace and some of the recent trends that are affecting workplaces everywhere. The out-of-office work or telecommuting, as most people think of it, has increased, but that's just one part of the way that workplaces have changed. And things like faxes and paper and fixed working hours and desktop, com- desktop computers and landline phones and, and LANs are still around, but they're gradually being overtaken by things like electronic documents and the cloud and more flexible working hours and laptops and smartphones and Wi-Fi and all of these sort of things that mean that now people work in very different ways, even if they still work for an organization. And we were recently, we read an article recently about key workplace trends for 2015, and that was looking at the workplace in general. So what we're going to do today is look at those trends and look at them from an out-of-office perspective. And these are, these are things that affect both leaders uh, and managers, as well as employees. So we'll look at it from both viewpoints. So we'll go through those trends. And in fact, that article had, had five of them, but we're going to look at four of them because one of them was a little bit tangential. But we'll look at all four of them, and uh, I'll look at it from the leader's perspective. And then, Chris, uh, we'll look at it from the, from the out-of-office worker's perspective. So let's do that. Let's kick off with the first of those trends, Gihan, which was, which is that flexible work arrangements are fueled by Gen X. So Gen X are people like you and me, Gihan, born between the early 60s and the early 80s, somewhere in there. Um, and flexible work arrangements. So these, they offer the freedom to structure where, how, and when you work in a way that suits your lifestyle. And that's exactly what lies at the core of out-of-office work. It's the main driver or motivator from an out-of-office worker's perspective. And as Gen Xers, we've seen flexible work arrangements in general and out-of-office in particular evolve from being a kind of rare perk that was offered as, a, as an incentive to something that's become a standard business strategy nowadays. It's, it's more or less required if you want to recruit and retain workers. So we've gotten to the point now that people who are starting their careers, the Gen Ys, they're actually expecting and demanding that flexible work arrangements be available. And also people who are getting towards the end of their careers, the boomers, they're looking for it as a way of moving into a semi-working retirement arrangement because, you know, Boomers don't want necessarily to retire when they get to retirement age. And in fact, they're being encouraged to continue working if they can. So all all working generations from Gen Y through to the boomers are looking for and making use of flexible work arrangements such as out-of-office work. Okay, so if you're a leader or a manager, it depends on what generation you're in. If you're a Gen Y, a millennial, then you're probably already take for granted that people are looking for flexible work arrangements you might want yourself and the people in your team will want it. But if you are 
as you said, Chris, if you're a Gen X, then it might have been for you a rare perk. I remember when I first started work, it was a luxury that my bosses would allow me to, you know, stay home for half a day because the telecom guy was coming around to fix my phone. And that was seen as a as a bit of a perk, whereas now it's kind of taken for granted. So if you're a Gen X boss or manager leader or you're a boomer, then just, just realize that your your team members are probably assuming that they're going to have some sort of flexibility in their work arrangements, um, not as a bonus, not as a special favor, but as their standard standard way of working. So think about it at all levels of working with them. So even in recruitment, ask about it because many, many people will expect it. And some people still will see it as something that they see as a perk and they will even be willing to trade other things uh, in order to get that. And then for your team members that you've already got, even if they're already working in the office um, full-time, then allow it, even on a part-time basis for people who are full-time in office staff. Um, then as as we talk about out-of-office workers in particular, just realize that's probably the thing that they, they value the most, but make sure that they don't feel isolated and alone because they're not in the office. So uh, make sure that that flexible work arrangements uh, doesn't doesn't come at a cost of them not being seen as as equal team members. They don't have to be treated exactly the same, but they want to be treated as equals. Um, and I, I think the last thing to talk about is actually your in-office staff who like working in office. They they really like the the regular work schedule and they like the camaraderie of being in an office surrounded by other people. Even they like some sort of flexibility. So accommodate that if you can. So they might want to have slightly flexible working hours. They might want to do BYOD, like bring your own device or bring in their own uh, equipment to use from home. Um, They might want to work occasionally from a a cafe or somewhere else or or from home if they need to have somebody coming in doing some work at home. So accommodate them as much as possible. So in general, as a leader or manager, just understand that your team members will, will appreciate and might even expect that those flexible working arrangements so accommodate that as much as you can. Great. So from the perspective of an out-of-office worker, flexibility lies at the heart of of -of out-of-office work. So understand what it is that motivates your choice for an out-of-office work style. So it might be something like you want to spend more time with your family or you might want to do a lot of travel. So understand what that is, whatever it is that's important to you. And then regularly assess whether you're using the flexibility in your out-of-office work style as a way of achieving those particular goals. So, so do that regularly and also revisit those goals. So your circumstances might change, you might get sick of your family or you might you know, tra- travel to all the places that you want to do. So revisit your goals. They're going to evolve over time. And then, if necessary, update the way that you're working, adjust the flex, use the flexibility in your out-of-office work style as a way of working towards achieving whatever your goals happen to be. When it comes to the people that you're working with, it's important that you that they understand what those goals happen to be as well so that they know, for instance, the reason that, say, you're unavailable from between three and five in the afternoon is because you want to go and pick up the kids from school and then help them with their homework. So they understand why it is that you've structured your working hours the way that you've done that. But in sharing 
and sharing those goals with people, be sensitive about it. So don't rub their noses in it that uh, you've got all this flexibility, especially if, they, you know, if they're in the office and they don't have as flexible work styles as you do. They're certainly not going to be um, accommodating and help you out if you're always lording it over them that you're working out of office. So in fact, go to the other extreme, try and be generous. So use some of that flexibility to accommodate them, especially if their work styles are less flexible than you. So for instance, you know, every now and then, I'll, most of the people that I work with are, are in the European time zones. So occasionally when they're setting up meetings, that means that I have to work late into the evening. So, you know, that, that's no problem for me to do that occasionally. So you just be generous with some of that flexibility and your colleagues are going to appreciate and reciprocate uh, um, when you do that. And then when it comes to the rest of the world outside of the work, well, again, use this flexibility to make the most of uh, your opportunities to actually get out of the office. So, you know, grab your laptop, go down to the park or to the beach and work from there, or even take some time off. Um, uh, use your flexibility as a way of relaxing and, and, um, and getting more out of, out of your working day. Yeah, excellent. Okay, so the, the whole reason that we've got these, uh, the opportunity for these flexible work arrangements is because of technology. And the second trend is that we've had a huge technology boom that really does make it possible to be really productive and even more productive, uh, even without of office work and even with these flexible workplaces. So things like Wi-Fi and the mobile and the cloud, they've really changed the way that we work, which means that we no longer have to be dependent on being in the office. And, uh, and even we can be independent of having any office at all and many out-of-office workers do, in fact, just work from different places um, around their environment, uh, in their environment. So as a leader, as a manager of those sort of team members, you may be at a little bit of a disadvantage, especially if you're a little bit older, that you may have grown up with having the technology that's available in your office. So the biggest thing that you can do is ask your team members for help and ask other people who might be kind of living outside that fishbowl and maybe have a different perspective to help you and give you some advice. Now, this is one of those things that may be a bit frustrating because you may not have the authority uh, to be able to make some of the technology changes, but at least understand them so that you can push for them on your behalf and your team's behalf as much as possible. Um, so first of all, make sure that you do ask your team members for their, their help and advice in in choosing technology and recommending technology. Uh, there, there's a good chance they know more than you do. Um, in fact, it's almost certain that they do in certain areas, and some of that might be really useful in your workforce, and especially for your out-of-office workers, because uh, they might, because they're working from home or working from elsewhere, they actually might have more flexibility in their technology choices more than the people in the office who are kind of constrained by what the IT department stay, uh, says. Um, and when you're looking for the sort of technology that you might be moving towards, uh, I reckon the three things you should look at are cloud-based, open or open source, and subscription rather than buying buying software. And if you look, if you use those three things as a guide, they won't always be the right solution. But if you look at them as a guide, they're more likely to be future-proof software um, and future-proof technology. And, and just be careful that you don't get swayed by the sunk costs of having legacy technology. Sometimes uh, you've got this technology and you realize that it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of time and effort and money to switch. But sometimes making the switch, biting the bullet and making the switch is really worthwhile because the productivity gains that you get, not just in the long term, but even in the short term. So as a leader and a manager, always look out for what you can do to help your team be more effective. Great. So as an out-of-office worker, when it comes to choosing tools, one of the great enablers of out-of-office work, one of the, the technology booms that's really benefited us has been the cloud. So where possible, wherever it's practical, choose tools that are cloud-based. 
that produces a great boom in or boon for productivity in so much as that when you're using a cloud-based tool, you can access that service or resource anytime or anywhere that you have internet access and also increasingly from any device. So many of these tools are now set up in a way where you can consume them from either a desktop, a tablet or a smartphone. The other uh, important aspect of using the cloud is that anyone can access this resource. So that means that members, people that you work with, so your team members, you can communicate, connect, and collaborate with them more easily if the tool is cloud-based. Having chosen the top, the other thing to consider also, we talked about this and written about this at great length, is whether to use a tool that is a deferred or immediate communications tool. So deferred means that the parties who are Collaborating don't need to be present simultaneously, and immediate just means that everyone does need to be present at the same time, like a teleconferencing tool. So just make sure that you choose the right tools, tools that are cloud-based, and whether they're deferred or immediate. The other thing when it comes to productivity is to use the tool well. So when you first start using the tool, configure it in a way that's going to minimize interruptions and distractions. So, so many tools these days like to get in front of you. They'll pop up an alert or make a chime at the slightest provocation, but that's usually the default settings. So, just turn those down in a way that's going to have less of an impact on your productivity and become a power user. So, get to know these tools really well. So, for example, in the past, we've written and spoken about using email effectively. So, using techniques like the zero inbox in such a way that you control your inbox, it doesn't control you. And finally, there might be circumstances when it's most productive just to go offline. You need some time and some space where you've got no interruptions um, and going offline is the way of using this technology most effectively at certain times. I just add there, Chris, that the other thing to consider is that because, as I said earlier, that as an out-of-office worker, you might be at a bit of an advantage because you've got a bit more flexibility about the tools that you use, possibly. Um, just be proactive in sharing some of those ideas with your team members, your your manager and the organization. Uh, it's very easy as an out-of-office worker to just think that you're a little bit downstream of the decision-making process and things that you do might work for you, but they're, they're not going to help people, other people in the organization. But this is one area where you do have a little bit of an advantage and don't, don't be shy in coming forward and, and suggesting ways to improve the whole team's productivity, even those people who are working in office. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the third trend that we're talking about today is pleasure proves how deeply personal work has become. So what is pleasure? It's also known as firking, and pleasure is one of these portmanteau words that blends business with leisure, or in the case of firking, it's blending fun with work. But what what they mean are work-life integration. So that can be times when you're blending your work. So typically there are times when you're at work and there's times when you're not at work. But there can be those in-between times when you might be uh, it might be after work, but it's perhaps possible for people to contact you uh, with a text message. But also it's blending work and leisure in a way that the work that you're doing is fun. So there might be kinds of work that you really enjoy or find really fulfilling and that is fun work or firking. Great. And if you're a leader or manager, again, this might be something that you didn't necessarily take for granted when you were working at, at the same at the same time as your your team members started their working career. Uh, but it's something that people expect and uh, will appreciate if you accommodate them. And out of office workers in particular, they love this. They, this is 
this is probably one of the reasons why they chose out of office work. So, so first of all, recognize that, that it is for them one of their biggest benefits. And then secondly, just don't get in the way too much. There are times that you obviously you do need to collaborate and they do need to work to certain hours and um, at, to meet certain deadlines. But apart from that, try to give them as much flexibility as possible. Don't expect them to be sitting there waiting to respond to email every time, well, like within seconds of you sending it. Uh, don't expect them necessarily to be there the same hours that you are unless you've already agreed that. Um, just don't expect them to have that same sort of flexibility because they do want to combine that work and leisure. Um, and, and by the way, like the, when we talk about work and leisure, it sounds like we're only talking about uh, personal things in work hours or doing fun things during work time. And that's a big part of it, but that's not all it's about. It's also about uh, doing work that has meaning. So make sure that your out-of-office workers know how their work fits into the bigger picture. So it's not that just that they get given a task, they send it back, and they get given another task and so on. Make sure they understand the bigger picture. And, and it's also about working in an organization or for an organization that they can feel proud of. So again, they want to feel part of the culture. They want to feel like not just that they're an outsourced a resource or a freelancer, but they are actually part of an organization that's doing something significant and they can be proud of. So make sure you involve them in the culture of the organization as well. And and the other thing, again, if we turn our, turn our attention to the in-office workers, again, even though they're they have less flexibility and perhaps less opportunities to have this pleasure of working a lifestyle or work style, there may be ways that you can accommodate them. So if there's something that they ask for, don't automatically say no. Uh, in fact, I would say go the, op- go the opposite way. Think yes, unless there's a strong se- a reason to say no and accommodate them as much as possible so they can, uh, so they can enjoy some of those benefits as well. Very good. So when it comes to out-of-office workers, let's talk about leisure time. So it's important to have some fairly clear boundaries. So there's times when you're at work and there's times when you're not working. Um, and that's particularly important for out-of-office workers whose tools of trade are pretty much at their fingertips. It's really easy to get access to your home office or you've got your tablet or your smartphone nearby. And so the temptation to continue working even after outside of your standard working hours is a really strong one. And, and the possibility of being always online um, is very risky. So have some clear boundaries between your work time and your leisure time, but also allow for some blended time. So, you know, use the flexibility that comes with the out-of-office work style to allow for times when you can be doing fun things at work or doing a bit of work during your fun times. And then once you've set that up, make sure that you communicate that with the people that you work with. It's, It's all very well you knowing these things, but if they don't know it, they don't they don't know when it's okay to contact you with, say, a text message or even a phone call. So it's really uh, important that those, those boundaries have been agreed to and are understood by your team. So that's time. That's like pleasure time, but fun work as well. So the firking, the kind of work that you find fulfilling and enjoyable, it's really important that you share those interests with your manager in particular and your team in general. And then if opportunities um, arise such so that team leaders um, see those opportunities, they know that Chris or Gihan are interested in particular things or particular roles, they can um, either create those opportunities or bring them to your attention. So for instance, there's, there's a guy that I work with. He's a really keen amateur photographer um, and at on site there are often photographic opportunities so they 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 give Ian a call and he's more than happy to grab his camera gear and take publicity shots and those sorts of things so that's a bit of fun a bit of firking for Ian so 
people know he's a, a keen photographer, so let people know your interests and aspirations so that those opportunities can be taken advantage of. Yeah, I think this is a really important point, isn't it, Chris? Because there's so much of our work life that now leaks over into our personal life because we've got smartphones where we're accessible all the time. But there's no reason why that can't also be balanced by the other way around, where some things that you're passionate about in your personal life or that you've got as interests, uh, even if they're not passions, could also be useful to your in your professional life. And there's no reason why you can't offer that sort of service. Exactly. Yep. Okay, and, and that, that whole idea of working with your team, within your team leads to that fourth trend. And the fourth one is that it's something that's been going on for a while, but the fourth trend is that collaboration and networking is the norm. And I guess for a long time, it's, we've always uh, worked with the idea that we really need to collaborate more, we need to network more, we need to build our personal brand and our relationships. But it's more important than now than ever before, simply because we've got access to bigger networks, we've got access to more influencers, and more work gets done collaboratively. The, the challenge for out-of-office workers is quite often they can be a little bit out of sight, out of mind. So it, it, that, that sort of collaboration and networking is easier because we've got so many good online tools available now, but it can be harder if you don't do it proactively. So if you're a leader or a manager of a team with out-of-office workers, then make sure that you involve them. And as I said earlier, you want to involve them as equal team members. So make sure that you're using all the right sort of online collaboration tools so they can be involved as full team members. In a simple example of this is if you're having a meeting, if you can have the out-of-office team members beamed in with the video conference that's much more effective than just having them on speakerphone uh, within just with the audio or not having them at all and you just don't invite them because uh, because it's just inconvenient to include them so just just be proactive in thinking about ways that you make sure that your out of office workers are treated as full and equal team members um, and then looking a little bit bigger than that in the organization again you have to be more proactive about giving them more exposure for things like leadership opportunities and maybe as simple as that you you know some you might have one of your team members present to an, to another to another team now that's easy to do with your in office staff because you might have a team member who turns up at a, in your meeting room and presents whereas with your out of office workers you have to think a little bit more about that and maybe they have to present on a webinar or they do it or you give them the chance to chair an online meeting uh, but again it's up to you to be proactive in looking for those sort of opportunities and and then finally uh, look for ways for them to network with the rest of the world and you should encourage them and in fact everybody else in your team to use tools like LinkedIn to build up their professional profiles outside just the office and the organization. Very good. Okay, so as an out-of-office worker, when it comes to collaboration and networking, one of the really important things to focus on is building strong connections with the people that you work with. So some of the simple things that you can do because you're working remotely, but you'll be using lots of um, technology and collaboration tools. So things that you can do are simple things like making sure that your online profile in those tools is is up-to-date and relevant. So include a photo of yourself, a byline, a description of the, your interests and hobbies and those sorts of things. And then within team meetings, for instance, be prepared to share um, some personal information. Be cautious about oversharing, obviously. Don't <laughs> dominate the meeting with uh, boring talk about your hobbies. Um, and, and leaders of meetings, uh, of team meetings, should provide some space and opportunity for the, the attendees to, to, you know, just have some social chat um, as a way of building those connections uh, between team members. The other thing to do um, is 
is to proactively let people know what you're working on. So post regular status updates. Um, in the past, you might have sent a weekly update to your manager by email. Um, one of the things that we do at work is we have a wiki where we just write our updates and then our manager can and read them at her leisure. Um, and I'm seeing increasingly in in new tools that are coming online for, for teams that collaborate um, in a distributed fashion is is feeds. So so things like, I guess, a Tumblr or, or Twitter or, or some kind of microblog, but it's focused on what you're working on. And that the good thing about that is that you just provide the updates and the members of your team, they can consume that passively. You're not pushing it in front of them. They can find out what Chris is working on by just looking at um, the tools feed to, to see what he's, been, what he's done recently. So I think that's a, a good approach if you've got access to that kind of tool. And the other way of building connections with the people that you're working with is to do that outside the corporate firewall. So as Gihan mentioned, you know, encourage, make sure that you connect on LinkedIn with all your professional colleagues. Um, but I think also if, if you've got people that you really like that you work with, connect with them on Facebook. I used to think Facebook was for friends only and LinkedIn was for work only, but I think, you know, you can blur those lines. But also, Meet up offline, so meet face-to-face if that opportunity is available. If you've got colleagues nearby you, go to a meet-up. You know, you've got common interests, attend a meet-up together. Or perhaps your team can attend a conference and that's a, an opportunity to meet face-to-face. Or if you happen to be travelling, drop in on your colleagues if uh, you happen to be near your office. So take those opportunities to connect outside the firewall and do so face-to-face if you can. Yeah, I think that's a really important point, Chris, that you're making. It's easy for out-of-office workers to feel that everything has to be done online and digital, but it's quite a, it's quite refreshing to have to have in-person meetings. I, I run a a monthly business book club, and that's done in person, and we meet for an hour, and it's a really interesting conversation. We stay for dinner afterwards, and the conversation continues, and that's a very different dynamic than if we just run it as an online book club or. Um, another example, I've just been connecting with some people on LinkedIn uh, because I'm part of a, a group that, you know, just, just a group that we're working together. And I haven't met many of these people, but I connected with them on LinkedIn and a couple of them have said, oh, let's catch up for coffee. And so I'm going to do that this afternoon. And again, it's refreshing that you get the chance to have a chat with somebody uh, over a coffee. Somebody else said, let's have a Skype chat, next, a video Skype chat next week. And that's good as well. And uh, just take those opportunities to meet people outside um, outside the work environment. Yeah, I think it makes for a much more fulfilling work style, Gihan, and it's something that out-of-office workers in particular need. Yep, exactly. All right, so we've covered those four key workplace trends. Um, I think just to summarize, I think if you're a leader or a manager and you've got distributed teams and uh, we've, we've focused really on the out-of-office workers who are like the telecommuters um, today, but there's going to be more distributed work in the future. So this is something that's only going to increase. You're going to have, you're going to be working with perhaps another team in another branch or another country. You're going to be working more with freelancers and there, there's other people who are going to be part of your part of your team. And that's going to be a little bit different than the traditional in-office staff. So these skills and um, your awareness around these skills is going to serve you well um, in the future. 
And part of that is that out-of-office work is just going to be the norm. It's not going to be ex- the exception anymore. And uh, certainly don't treat it as a favor that you bestow on people as a little bit of a gift for them. More and more, they're expecting that and they, they assume that it's part of their working style. Um, and finally, I keep coming back to this, that there are some people who like working in office. They they like that uh, They like that routine. They like the discipline. They like the camaraderie. But accommodate them as much as possible, uh, especially when they want greater greater flexibility and freedom in their work style. Yeah, Gihan, and I'll just add that, well, I think these trends indicate that it's a great time to be an out-of-office worker. All of these are positive trends. They're developing in a way that makes out-of-office work more accessible than it ever has been before. So if you're an out-of-office worker, make the most of these opportunities. You're going to have a, a more fulfilling and a more productive working style and working life. You'll also be paving the way for other aspiring out-of-office workers because you'll be demonstrating that the out-of-office work style is viable, that there are benefits for the individual as well as the people that you're working for. And it's also an opportunity to build strong connections with your colleagues. I think one of the challenges that out-of-office workers face is this out-of-sight, out-of-mind mentality and the social isolation that comes with working remotely. So these trends are providing a way for, for us to build strong connections with our colleagues and overcome those challenges. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Chris and I wrote the book Out of Office, which is all about working from outside the traditional office. And you can get the book, you can listen to our podcast, or you can read our blog at outofofficebook.com. If you want even more help with future-proofing your career, your team, and your organization, then join my new webinar series, Future Proof. Every month, I'll share one big idea about what our future holds, things like the, the shift of power to Asia, the changing workplace, healthcare technology, the shift to customer-centric businesses, big data, and more than that. Here's some of the reasons to attend these webinars. So first of all, you'll understand how the Internet's affecting your world, which means that you can take advantage of the opportunities and avoid the risks and the threats. You'll also consistently be getting updates on what has changed so you don't fall behind. You'll also learn what most of your competitors are not learning, so you get a competitive edge. You get the chance to ask me questions live on the webinar. You tap into my 15 plus years of experience in helping people understand the future. So you're going to learn from real businesses, real organizations, and get real practical relevant ideas. And finally, there's some really cool stuff happening. So attend the webinar series and I'll show you what's on the horizon for both your personal and your professional life. To find out more, go to seeingintothefuture.com and register for the webinar series there. It's free. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast and found something valuable for your personal and professional life. And if you did get some value from it, I'd love it if you could do me a favor and give me a review and a rating in the iTunes store. And that helps to promote it to other people as well. And if you want me to share ideas like this live at your next conference, check out my speaking topics at gihanparera.com. And that's where you should go as well if you want to engage with me in other ways. You can find my blog, newsletter, podcast, videos, and my webinar series. And they're all free and they're all designed to help you leverage the potential of your organization, your team, and, of course, yourself. This is Kihan Pereira. Bye for now. You've been listening to the iMatter Podcast. To subscribe, read the show notes, or leave your comments, visit iMatterPodcast.com. And remember, great minds don't think alike.